There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, this is Kieran Tierney. Welcome to the latest edition of Arsenal Audio Programme. Arsenal v Sheffield United, Saturday, January the 18th, 2020. Premier League, 3pm. Contents, head coach, captain, voice of Arsenal. Player feature, Academy Part 1. Academy Part 2. Match action, Arsenal vs Leeds. Community, Arsenal family, match action, Crystal Palace vs Arsenal, club culture, my story, visitors, women, my Arsenal. Mikel Arteta, taking the positives from last weekend's draw at Palace. At this level in the Premier League, if you switch off for even two seconds, then you can see the goal almost straight away. And that's exactly what happened last weekend against Crystal Palace. I was pleased with how we started the game and with how the way we dominated that first half. We saw things out there on the pitch and we worked on it on training. The way they executed them was very good. I was very pleased with the movement and combinations involved in Uber's opener, but obviously after the break, we knew that there was going to be a big push. They were going to put bodies forward and place us under more pressure than they did in the first half. At that point, we started to give back a needless free kicks. We gave them away, and that's something that we have to avoid. Then we switched off for a goal. We completely switched off. And we allowed them to put that cross in. We turned and conceded a deflection. And I was very disappointed with that. I'm going to have to find a way to try and avoid these situations. Because that moment cost us two points. Saying that, I think we reacted really well. After conceding that goal and after Uber's red card, we reacted even better in my opinion. And that's what I wanted to see from my team with 10 men. The reaction was really, really positive. And they wanted to win the game. They went for it. And we had three or four really good situations we created. The best chances with Nico and Laka. We were unlucky not to win that game. Uber was very sad after the game. And he was really disappointed that he'd left the team with 10 men 
It's an action that is completely accidental, in my opinion. He's been superb under me. He's trained really well, and he's working so hard in every training session. He's scoring goals, and he's probably been the most important player on the team. So to lose him, obviously, is really bad news for us. It's been confirmed that he is going to be suspended for three games. So we'll be without him today on Tuesday against Chelsea and the following Monday against Bournemouth. It's a big shame and a big loss for us because we know Uber's intentions when he plays, but unfortunately he mistimed the tackle. He made a decision and we have to accept it. In his absence, players have to step up. And one of your big players isn't there. The rest of the team has to take responsibility and make sure that their loss isn't felt. I'm sure when they're not playing, they want a chance to talk. But now it's time to talk on the pitch, not outside. I want to see you go out there and make the impact that Uber's made and show me that you can be as good as him or even better. Lacazette's been working so hard for the team and I've really been impressed with his attitude. But I know he wants that goal now. You can help him by talking to him and giving him confidence, but that ball has to end up in the back of the net. I think what's the best medicine for strikers... What we have to try and do now is put Lacquer in positions where he can have as many goal opportunities as he can during the game. Players like Martinelli have also been having a big impact on the team. But it's not just him, it's the players like Reese and Nico too. So whatever plays there today has to step in, step up and make a real difference for the team. As for tonight's opponents, I've been very impressed with their work this season. I've seen lots of games and everything is so prepared. Everything they do has a real sense to it and they're really difficult to break down too. The solidarity in their team is incredible. They work so hard for each other and they've had a very clear principle in attack, defence, restats, play and set pieces. The work that Chris Wilder has done is phenomenal. That's what I like about a manager and what I see about that team. They are real. They fight for every single ball with their attitude and their behaviour, as well as their intentions for what they do every time. It's very clear what he's trying to do, so I have big admiration for him. It will be very difficult test for us, and I've been warned that players about their quality, but I know that they'll be very wary of our quality too. So finally, on Tuesday afternoon, Albert, Steve and I went to meet all the staff where you walk through the offices at Emirates Stadium, the Hub, Highbury House, the Chapman House. You realise just what a huge football club this is. I made sure I spoke to everybody. I told them how I want each member of the staff to be pulling in the same direction and how determined I am that we get Arsenal back to where we belong. I was really stuck by the enthusiasm and the passion and the staff that I think we have something really powerful here. Representing all the staff and, of course, all the supporters makes me realise again what a privilege it is to be the head coach. I'm never going to take that for granted. Enjoy the game. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the skipper on being at the heart of the action last weekend. In the end, it was a difficult match away to Crystal Palace last weekend and obviously it got harder for the boys after my red card in the second half. 
The first thing to say is that, of course, I really didn't mean to hurt Max Mayer with that challenge. I hope he gets well soon, and I feel bad about it. It was a mistimed challenge. I feel really bad towards my teammates and the club, and also, of course, to Max. Hopefully, he can be back playing soon. My intention was to get the ball, and I got it wrong. I'm sorry. At that stage of the game, we were really going for the win, and as you've seen in our games recently, we are working hard when we haven't got the ball to win it back as soon as possible, but this time I challenged too hard. It's only the second time I have ever been sent off. The other was when I was at Borussia Dortmund in a crazy game against Schalke that ended 4-4. This one last week, though, was a real shame because the team was working hard to get the win after we had such a good first half, but in the end we had to take a draw. The game had started so well for us. Our performance in the first half was really, really good and we felt comfortable on the pitch. I think our first goal showed that. We were passing it very well, moving the ball quickly and all of the players were getting involved. That sort of quick, dangerous passing is what we've been working on in training and it paid off with the goal. Thanks to Laka for his great work on the assist. We should have scored more after that, but Palace did well too to come back and once they scored they took more confidence in front of their own fans. I thought the boys fought well to try and get the three points until the last minute and I thought we had it when Nico's shot hit the post late on. We wanted to keep the momentum from winning the previous games against Man United and Leeds but we can move on with a draw and you can see we are progressing bit by bit on the pitch. We want to play like we did in the first half at Palace when we showed what we are capable of when we move the ball quickly. That's what we have to keep doing now, starting today back at home against Sheffield United. Unfortunately, I am suspended today and will also miss the games against Chelsea on Tuesday and Bournemouth in the Cup next Monday. That really hurts. I hate having to watch and not being able to lead the side out. But I have got all the confidence this team can get results without me. As we showed last weekend, we are very dangerous up front and we have quality players to come in. We have got plenty of goals in the team still. We will need to be at our best today to beat Sheffield United. Just one look at the league table tells you how well they have done this season. I have watched a few of their games and they always look so strong, so organised and they play like a real team. It was a really tough game against them earlier in the season when they beat us 1-0. Their defence is difficult to break down but they also attack well as a unit. But here at the Emirates, we are feeling strong again, winning our last two matches, and we have a big opportunity to make up points on one of the teams above us this afternoon. With your help, we can do that. The atmosphere in our last few games here has been fantastic, and that's helped the team on, for example, against Leeds in the Cup. It was a tricky first half, but speaking to the players afterwards, I know that the support inside the stadium truly helped. Everyone stayed patient, got behind each other, and in the end, we got the win, thanks to Reese's goal. So get behind the team today. Let's hope we're celebrating together at full time. Voice of Arsenal. Happy birthday, George. We have a very special guest in the director's box today. Happy 100th birthday to George Box, 
George was a member of the Arsenal ground staff from 1969 until his retirement in 1983, working under Clark of Works, Ron Franklin and head groundsman Fred Virgo. George was a hugely valued member of staff, who is fondly remembered by current staff Ken Fryer, David Miles and Pat O'Connor. George's favourite memories include the staff trips to cup finals with his colleagues and family, including an unforgettable trip to Turin in 1980. Have a great day, George. We would also like to wish a belated happy 90th birthday to Mrs Elsie Card for December the 17th. Elsie started watching the Gunners aged 16 and has been a season ticket holder for 70 years. Can you help Stella? Stella Charalambus is an Arsenal fan from North London who has leukaemia and is in desperate need of a bone marrow donor. She is a wife and mother to a three-year-old boy. The family are desperate for more people to register as bone marrow donors, especially Greek Cypriots, and those with Mediterranean ethnicity, as she has a rare blood tissue type and as yet has not been fortunate enough to find a match. If you are aged between 17 and 55, please register online for a cheek swab kit at www.dkms.org.uk. If you need more information, please contact Andrula and her team at the Leukaemia Cancer Society on... 020-8374-4821 The Addy Years The first Adidas meeting between the Gunners and Sheffield United took place at Highbury on December the 29th, 1990 and finished in a 4-1 win for George Graham's team. Alan Smith grabbed a brace with Lee Dixon scoring from the penalty spot and Mickey Thomas adding a fourth and celebrating in the picture in the hard copy. Ian Bryson scored for United. Prog Fact One of the earliest programmes we have in our archives is from a game at Bramall Lane on December 28, 1904. Season 1904-5 was Arsenal's very first in Division 1, finishing a creditable tenth of the 18 teams. Sheffield United finished sixth. It wasn't a great afternoon for the Gunners. We lost 4-0. However, we had one at the home game against United four days earlier, 1-0. This was Arsenal's relentless 1904 Christmas schedule. December the 24th, Arsenal 1, Sheffield United 0. December the 26th, Aston Villa 3, Arsenal 1. December the 27th, Nottingham Forest 0, Arsenal 3. December the 28th, Sheffield United 4, Arsenal 0. December the 31st, Arsenal 0, Newcastle United 2. Adidas, bag it. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner, Adidas, are giving away small duffel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Who scored Arsenal's goal when we beat Sheffield United in the 2003 FA Cup semi-final? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at AFC programme. All entries to us by Friday, January the 24th, please. One entry per person. Matchball sponsor. It is with honour that the Schwerner family travels from abroad to watch and cheer for our gunners again, in loving memory of our brother and uncle, Michael Schwerner, who simply loved being here.
We love and miss you. Bob, Stephanie, Robert and Ryan Chwana. Emirates Stadium is going cashless from Sunday the 1st of March. To enhance efficiency and improve your matchday experience, all bars, kiosks, programme sellers and retail outlets inside the stadium will accept card payment only. This applies to matchday and non-matchday events. Programmes can still be paid for with cash outside the ground and in the Arsenal shops. Picture of the week in the hard copy. Felicidades, Lukash. Congratulations to Lukash Torreira, your December Player of the Month. The Uruguayan midfielder has been in inspired form at the base of the midfield, firstly under Freddy Lundberg and then Mikel Arteta. Torreira was at his tigerish best in the win against West Ham and then also caught the eye in our games against Bournemouth and Chelsea. He claimed 37% of the votes cast, with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in second place and Bukayo Osaka in third place. Ron Jennings Arsenal Football Club would like to extend sincere condolences to the family of Ron Jennings, who died earlier this week, just three weeks before his 100th birthday. Ron was an ardent Arsenal fan all his life, going to his first match in 1930, and ensured three generations of his family were Gunners fans. They will continue to support the Arsenal in his name. Best of luck, Dinos. Dinos Mavropanos has joined two Bundesliga side FC Nuremberg on loan for the remainder of the season. The 22-year-old defender has made eight first-team appearances since joining us from Greek side PAS Giannina in January 2018. The Greece under-21 international started in our 2-2 draw away to Standard Liège in the UEFA Europa League in December. All the best, Dinos. Report it. Discriminatory chanting and antisocial behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward or use our See Something Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. The volunteers need all our assistance. Joe Montemura has given a heartfelt appeal for donations to support the volunteers fighting the Australian bushfires. This is what our head coach said. Having grown up in Australia, bushfires are a commonplace in our region. Our head coach said, The summer holidays and Christmas celebrations for some communities have become a time of sadness. Blazers have already burnt 1.2 million hectares in Victoria alone and claimed lives. Nationally, 26 people have died. The danger is predicted to worsen at the weekend due to the volatile weather conditions. The fires have destroyed communities as well as wildlife and flora that may never recover. The smoke has reduced air quality to harmful levels which is affecting human health. There are many people who give their time and help as volunteers and they need all the assistance that we can give. Every little bit helps, so please take a look at any of the following charities and organisations online to find out how you can help. Australian Red Cross Disaster Recovery and Relief 
Salvation Army Disaster Appeal VIC Bushfire Disaster Appeal NSW Rural Fire Service Wires Australian Wildlife Rescue Organisation Fire Relief Fund for First Nations Communities FRRR Fundraising Appeal Good luck, Emil. Emil Smith-Rowe has joined championship side Huddersfield Town on loan for the remainder of the season. The 19-year-old midfielder, who has developed through our Hailand Youth Academy, has been a part of the first-team squad for the past two seasons, making 12 appearances, including two in the Premier League. After making an impressive impact on the first team, scoring three goals from his six appearances last season, Smithrow went on loan to Bundesliga team RB Leipzig, where, although the experience greatly benefited our young midfielder, injury restricted him to just three outings for the German side. Croydon-born Emil, who has represented England at under-16, under-18, under-19 and under-20 levels, celebrated his 18th birthday in style with a fantastic display for the senior team against Paris Saint-Germain in the International Champions Cup pre-season competition in Singapore in July 2018. Everyone at Arsenal wishes Emil all the best for his time with Huddersfield Town. Congratulations, Mike. Our referee this afternoon is Mike Dean from Wirral, North West England. Having started officiating in the top flight of English football at the turn of the millennium, today's game is Dean's 500th Premier League fixture. The 51-year-old took charge of his first Arsenal game back in September 2000, a 2-1 win over Coventry City, and has since been involved in a further 71 Arsenal fixtures across all competitions. It was only Mike's second Premier League match. Two of the most notable include our 1-0 win over Southampton in the 2003 FA Cup final and our 3-1 win over Manchester United in the 2004 FA Community Shield. Throughout his 499 Premier League games, Dean has shown 1,835 yellow cards and 102 red cards. Assistants Ian Husson and Daniel Robuthan will accompany Dean to Emirates Stadium, while Lee Mason has been named as the fourth official. Martin Atkinson will be the video assistant referee, and he'll be joined by Sean Massey-Ellis. Congratulations on your achievement, Mike. Mike's Premier League Arsenal record. Games 58, won 27, drawn 18, lost 13. Yellow cards 111, red cards 6. AFC penalties won 5. AFC penalties conceded 8. Most PL games officiated. Mike Dean, 499. Martin Atkinson, 397. Graham Pohl, 329. Andre Mariner, 323. Phil Dowd, 308. feature, Ozil. Mesut Ozil played alongside Mikel Arteta nearly 50 times in an Arsenal shirt, so he knows better than most the style of play that our new coach is looking to instil at the club. And Ozil has found himself central to the boss's plan so far. Our playmaker has started all five matches since Arteta took over late in 2019, 
and is now closing in on another milestone for the club. He's four appearances away from his 250th outing for the Gunners. So, as the most experienced player in the squad, his know-how could be crucial as we look to climb back up the Premier League table in the second half of the season. The matchday programme caught up with our number 10 earlier this week to ask him about life under Arteta and looking back to his very early days in the game. What's the feeling among the team at the moment, Mesut? We are really enjoying everything at the moment. You can see we have a structure on the pitch now. Everyone knows what their job is on the pitch and we are very happy to have won these two games. What are the biggest changes Mikel Arteta has made since he took over? First and mainly he wants us to be successful on the pitch. He can show us everything he has learnt his long career so he knows exactly what we need to do. And so we know what we need to do as well. He just pushes us far to get there so we can play successfully. How does he compare to other coaches you have worked with in the past? Every manager is different, obviously, but as you know, we have played together so I know him already. He knows what to say to us, how to give us a positive attitude and how to make us be successful. I can see he is really hungry, but at the same time he is very down to earth and that is a very good characteristic to make us be a successful team and to have Arsenal be successful. I have had some world-class managers throughout my career. Mikel Arteta is different to the others. He is very focused on the ball and wants to make us very successful and I think he is the right man at this club. How would you describe the style of play that Arteta is implementing? It is basically getting us back to the old Arsenal virtues. Fighting and having the possession, being in control of the game, having the ball all the time. These are the things that he is working on with us and you can see it. Everyone is smiling, laughing, enjoying their time at the moment and this will hopefully make us more successful now. What was your relationship like with Arteta when you were teammates? We were teammates. We respected each other a lot and he was already a team captain at the time so in general players respected him and now he has just continued building up on that. What's it like to be managed by a former teammate? Is it surprising that someone you played alongside relatively recently is now the head coach? I was a bit surprised, but on the other hand, time flies quite quickly and I remember when he went to work with Pep Guardiola at Man City, it was quite obvious he would become a manager soon. I am really happy that he is here with us at the moment, because this is the right time. We are all happy to have him here. Has it made you think about a coaching career in the future? I still have a few years to play, and to be quite frank with you, I have not thought about whether I would ever want to become a coach or not. We will see. Has anything changed for you on the pitch since Arteta took over? As a playmaker, I need a lot of space. His playing style allows me to get that space, and that's why it's so important to be successful. You were approaching your 250th appearance for Arsenal. As one of the most experienced players in the dressing room now, do you see yourself as a mentor to the younger players? To any player who makes the step up to the first team, I would just say that the most important thing is to believe in yourself. Of course, you will have some days when it doesn't go so well, but you have to believe in yourself. 
You have to keep working. The most important thing for me was to remember to have fun. If you don't have fun, you're losing. If you make mistakes, you'll be disappointed. You know what you are capable of, so just believe in yourself and have fun. Seeing these young players emerge, does it bring back memories of the start of your career? Yes, I remember my first time in the first team dressing room at Schalke. I was nervous but excited as well, because it was my first day spending time with all the players. I was very, very quiet and didn't speak a lot in the dressing room. I wasn't quiet because I was intimidated by the other players or anything like that. It's because my dream had come true at this time. The dressing room feeling was the same as that. I was there, but I was just looking in awe, like, Oh my God, now I'm here. I knew straight away that I would have to show my quality, but my teammates helped me a lot. I remember Hamid Altintop, Mladen Kostjadic, Marcelo Borden, Lincoln, Kevin Kurani, Gerald, Gerald Asmour. Those people helped me a lot. For me, it was easier to show my potential on the pitch because those players always helped me. They stood behind me, so I was just able to enjoy playing football for Schalke. I would like to thank them for all the advice they gave me, but the thing that sticks the most is when they would say, Be calm, believe in yourself, and your time will come. That really helped me. If you're playing in the academy teams, of course, it's easier because it's less tactical. There's less speed and physicality in the game. It was totally different. So when I played in the Bundesliga, my opponents were really strong and I was always a really skinny guy, so it was tough for me. What was your debut like? It was against Frankfurt and it was in Gelsenkirchen at Schalke's Arena. Of course, I was excited, nervous, because it was the first time I would play in front like 60,000. It was very loud and I came on for the last 20 minutes. I was excited and really happy, but the game finished 1-1, so it wasn't the best day for us. The positive was that I felt comfortable straight away with the first team. I remember that I didn't have many problems. I was just enjoying myself because what I really love is football. I love playing it, I love enjoying it, and I was doing that in the first team. From the first day with them at Schalke, I was really accepted. As I said before, my teammates really helped me a lot. I'm still in contact with them now, actually, so when we look back at this time, we'll laugh because it was a very good time for me with some good friends. I think when I finish my career and look back properly to remember these times, I will realise how far I've come. At the moment, I'm still hungry, and I still want to work hard to be successful with the team. I know I have a few more years in front of me, so I'm hoping I can win more titles in my career. Arsenal Academy. Young gun, Sam Greenwood. Around the Academy, comebacks galore. And remember, Martin Anger. Young gun Sam Greenwood talking to Aidan Small. 
I was first scouted by Sunderland at six years old. I was playing for my local Sunday league at the time and I remember hearing that the scout was there to watch another kid. Anyway, on the day I ended up playing pretty well, catching his eye and getting invited to trails the next week. So from there my entire childhood was based around Sunderland Football Club really. Every single day was absolute gold-like. I'd play football every day after school and I could never get away from it. When I first signed with the club I was under eights which is a level for, for me around the time when the academy facilities were just being built. So we had to train at a leisure centre. I kept scoring throughout all of those age groups and I remember really enjoying my football. Then under 14s, I remember playing in a tournament at Warwick against teams like Barcelona and loads of other European giants and I ended up winning striker of the tournament. That was an unbelievable feeling for me. Then, under 15s, we started getting day release from school to come to the academy for training, and I loved that. I've been at Sunderland Fand all my life too, so that made things a little more special. I had a season ticket for years, and I would go to almost every game, home and away. I always used to love watching the derbies against Newcastle, but my favourite game was probably the 2014 League Cup final. Manchester City, we lost 3-1 on the day. But it was an incredible day out at Wembley. All my family are Sunderland supporters too. It's a real community club. And I think it's crazy that we're down to the third tier. They don't deserve to be there. But they're doing really all right now. And they're starting to find their way again. You look at the Premier League and there's teams like Southampton, Bournemouth and others that were all down in League One not that long ago. So you've just got to remind yourself that things can change really fast in football. It's all about the momentum. I was only 15 years old at Sunderland when I started playing for the under-18s. I guess that put me on the radar for a few clubs. I started getting picked by England at that point too. It was I was really young at the time, but playing under-18s football didn't feel like a massive step to me. I was still getting goals, I was getting assists, I was playing my football. I just tried my best not to really think about it and just to enjoy it, I guess. It was a really hard decision to leave Sunderland because I'd been there almost 10 years and I supported them all my life. But I wanted a new challenge and I started to feel like that I was in my comfort zone a little bit. Arsenal is a massive club and I wanted to move away from home to really push myself. So after speaking to my dad about it, about my options, we both thought it was the right thing to do. The move got a fair amount of tension at the time, but I wasn't too bothered. You've just got to keep your head down and work hard. I've been here almost a year and a half now, and I think I've really settled in. It's taken a while because I've moved away from home at such a young age, and I really miss it at times, but I love it here, and I feel like I'm really improving. You've just got to trust in your ability to take you to the next level and to be patient. We started slowly in the under-18s Premier League this season, but I feel like we're starting to kick on now. We're finding our identity as a team. We're still in the FA Cup Youth Cup, so I'd love to win that. I scored my first goal in the under-23s last week against Derby County, and the next day I scored a free kick against Chelsea for the under-18s. That was all pretty crazy, to be honest. I felt so confident joining up with the under-18s the next day. I felt like I had a, I had a real spring in my step. Now I just want to keep scoring goals at the under-18s level and eventually force my way into getting a few starts for the under-23s. I'm feeling really sharp right now, so patience is a key.
Sam Greenwood. The lowdown. Earliest memory of football. Playing for my Sunday league team at six years old. First footballer you looked up to? Ronaldo. Best friends in football? It's got to be Ben Cottrell. Team I supported growing up? Sunderland. Biggest influence? My dad. Best goal of all time? Ronaldo's overhead kick against Juventus. Best goal I've ever scored? Pre-season versus Barnet. Left foot shot straight into the top corner. Best player I faced? Taylor Harwood Bellis. Who I combine with the best? Ben Cottrell and Cole Palmer. Best moment of your career so far? Scoring for the England under 17 against Brazil. Sing one song to save my life. Sweet Caroline. About me. Favourite footballer? Ronaldo. If I could be any footballer, Ronaldo. Favourite follow on Instagram, Conor McGregor. Favourite musician, Little Baby. Best football attribute, shooting. One thing you'd need on an away day, laptop for movies. One thing you'd want to do, play for the England senior team. If you wasn't a footballer, I'd be a footballer coach. Player that you look up to the most, Aubameyang. Player who shaped your game, Rooney. Best thing about being at Arsenal, history and the size of the club. So, around the academy, who will make it? Saka. Most skills in their locker, Kiddo Taylor Hart. Best passing range, Matt Smith. Best touch, Ben Cotterell. Best double-footed, Zach Swanson. Would-be best manager, Tom Smith. Most committed, Nathan Tormey. Strongest, Matty Daniels. Captain material, Ben Cotterell. Academy alumni, Martin Anger. Fortuna Sittard are currently sitting in mid-table in the Evervise with former gunner Martin Anger. Marshalling their back line. Anger was born in Zurich and played for Grasshoppers and FC Zurich's youth teams before signing for the Gunners across the 2011-12 season. He made 22 reserve team appearances and pressed throughout. The defender made his first team debut in 2012 when he played 90 minutes in our 6-1 League Cup against Coventry City. Later on that season, he then made his Champions League debut for the club and he came in as a late sub on our two-win away defeat to Olympiacos. At the end of 2012-13 season, Agar agreed a summer move to Bungsleelieslide 1, FC Nuremberg, on a free transfer. He initially signed a four-year deal but only stayed for the club for one season before dropping down to second tier with 1860 Munich. He made a flying start with his new club by playing 90 minutes in their 2-1 away victory over St Pauli. Like the year prior, he only lasted one season at the club and after making 18 appearances in all competitions, he moved to SC St Gallen in Swiss Super League. His first goal for the club against FC Basel was a 4-2 defeat and he has made 29 league appearances during his first season with the club. However, his second was less productive as he featured only 15 times in the league due to injury. After leaving St Gallen, he joined Sion, but again his time was hindered by the injuries and he only made 19 appearances across two seasons. On August 26, 2019, Angar moved to the Futuna Sittard. So far this season, 
He has made 12 league appearances while scoring once against Fatisse in a 4-2 away victory. Good luck with the rest of the season. Academy News. Ben Donny wants to leave. Under-23 midfielder Ben Sharif had his loan spell at Doncaster Rovers extended until the end of the season. Ben joined the Yorkshire side in July on an initial six-month loan, but after impressing the 25 appearances for Rovers, the club have extended his stay. The midfielder scored his first goal for the club in the league, one outfit in their 7-1 away victory against Southend United, as he smartly volleyed home their second of the match. Keep up the good work, Ben, and good luck for the rest of the season. Sam's the man. Sam Greenwood scored his first goal in her under-23s as we came away with two goals down to draw with Derby County. The 17-year-old has featured prominently in his under-18s this season and due to his impressive performances, he's been rewarded with the three outings for Steve Boldside. His goal came when he latched onto a loose ball inside the box and he had evaded the goalkeeper. He kept his composure to fire into an empty net. Greenwood undoubtedly changed the game when he was introduced to his goal and he sparked a comeback from Steve Bowles' side as we came from two goals down to draw 2-2 with the Rams. Congratulations, Sam. Keep up the good work. John Jules joins Lincoln. Under-23 striker... Tyrese John Jules has joined Lincoln City on a short-term loan until the end of the season. The 18-year-old has scored five goals in the Premier League so far this season, whilst assisting two. The pick of the bunch came in the 2-2 draw with Everton at the Emirates Stadium in August when he produced an excellent backheeled volley from the edge of the box to give us the lead. The Imps currently sit 16th place in League One table and are nine points clear of the relegation zone. Wishing you all the best in League One, Tyrese. Academy Reports. Words, Sam Cox. Premier League Two. Friday, January the 3rd, Meadow Park. Arsenal under-23s, 2, scored by Greenwood, 80, Brown, 88, own goal. Derby under-23s, 2, scored by Hector Ingram, 41, penalty, 55. Arsenal, Hein, Olowu, McGuinness, Clark, 10, Medley, Bola, Smith, Olayinka, McKenniff, Tommy, John Jules, Cottrell, 60, Tommy, Greenwood, 79. Greenwood scored his first Premier League two goal. We came back from two goals down. Bowler captained the side. We produced an impressive comeback from two goals down to claim a draw against league leaders Derby County at Meadow Park. Sam Greenwood netted his first Premier League two goal of the season at Meadow Park before an own goal from Jordan Brown saw the points shared. The visitors started brightly and almost took the lead when Jamal Hector Ingram won the ball by the corner flag, drove into the box and saw his powerful low shot bounce back off the post. We grew into the match and almost broke the deadlock inside 20 minutes when Matt Smith found Follerin Balogun's run behind the defence and our striker's powerful effort was denied by John Mitchell. 
Moments later, we hit Derby on the counter, and after good work from Jordan McKenniff, the ball broke to Tyrese John Jules on the edge of the box, who saw his curling strike fly just wide. John Jules came close again after Balogun collected the ball with his back to goal, skipped past two challenges and played his strike partner into the box, but he could only fire wide. Arguably against the run of play, Derby hit the post for the second time as Archie Brown chipped a ball into Alex Babos, who directed a volley onto the foot of the upright from close range. On the stroke of half-time, the Rams were awarded a penalty when Harry Clark brought down Hector Ingram inside the box and the forwards scored. Shortly after the restart, Nathan Tormey came close to drawing us level when he dribbled into the box but saw his goal-bound strike cleared off the line. Ten minutes later, the visitors doubled their lead when a ball over the top found Hector Ingram who fired low past Carl Hine from close range. Derby were defending their lead well before substitute Greenwood made an immediate impact from the bench with ten minutes to go when he latched onto a loose ball in the box and fired into an empty net. In the closing stages, we completed the comeback when Smith controlled well, drove into the box and saw his effort bounce off the post before the rebound struck Brown and flew into the net. Under-18s Premier League, Saturday, January 4th. Cobham Training Ground. Chelsea under-18s 2, scored by Lewis 31 and Haig 70. Arsenal under-18s 2, scored by Greenwood 80, Dennis 86. Arsenal, Graxic, Oyagok, Ogombo, Patino, Serjan 69, Monlui, Kirk, Dennis 22, Greenwood, Cottrell, Plange, Butler Oyadeji, Alabiosu, Lang, 51. Subs not used, Hilson, Olowu, McGuinness. We came from two goals down. Greenwood scored an excellent free kick. Dennis scored his second goal of the season. Sam Greenwood played a starring role as our under-18s fought back from two goals down to draw 2-2 with Chelsea at Cobham. The hosts had the better of the early stages and Miles Pert-Harris tested Hubert Graxic with a strike that required a low-reflex save. The Blues broke the deadlock during the first half with Marcel Lewis enjoying some good fortune to see a shinned effort spin in after touching the underside of the crossbar. The second half saw our youngsters begin to apply the pressure. Matthew Dennis tried his luck with a strike that bounced narrowly wide of the near post before Graxic was again called into action to deny Lewis at point-blank range. The hosts extended their lead when substitute Joe Haig showed composure to earn himself some space and fire home. However, our comeback was sparked in the 80th minute when Greenwood curled a great free kick high and inside the near post. Greenwood was at the heart of the equaliser too, sending in a dangerous corner for Dennis to convert with just four minutes remaining to ensure the points were shared. FA Youth Cup fourth round, Thursday, January 9th, Meadow Park. Arsenal under-18s 1, scored by Dennis, 80. Southampton under-18s, 0. Arsenal, Graxic, 
Oyagoke, Lopez, Patino, Flores, 83, Kirk, Ogungbo, Butler Oyadeji, Dennis, 73, Cottrell, Matthews, Plange, 90, Serjan, Greenwood. Subs not used. Hilson, Oluwu, McGuinness. We progressed into the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup. Matthew Dennis netted a superb solo goal. We face Brighton next. Matthew Dennis scored a superbly taken solo goal as we beat Southampton to reach the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup. The visitors started brightly and came close to taking the lead inside two minutes when Marco Russ cut the ball back to Caleb Watts from the touchline and the forward's powerful strike cannoned off the post. We grew into the match and our first chance fell to Catalin Serjan, who collected the ball inside the box, skipped past the challenge and saw his goal-bound strike blocked before Sam Greenwood came close with a trademark free kick. Kazim Olebi had the first chance of the second half when the ball broke to him on the edge of the box, but his curling effort was well held by Hubert Graxic. Nathan Butler Oyadeji looked lively throughout, and he soon collected the ball on halfway, sprinted towards the touchline, cut inside, but saw his low effort blocked by the strong Southampton defence. With ten minutes remaining, Dennis settled the tie when he received the ball on the halfway line, drove towards the Southampton goal, shifted it onto his right foot and hit a powerful strike into the top corner from the edge of the box. Premier League 2, Monday, January 9th, Everton under 23s, 3, Sims 35 and 37, Gibson 73, Arsenal under 23s, 3, Oluwu 17, Olienka 43, Smith, 78. Arsenal, Macy, Swanson, Oluwu, Omole, 46, Medley, Bola, Smith, Burton, McKenniff, Olienka, Tormi, Balogun. Subs not used. Hilson, Oluwu, McGuinness. We came from a goal down twice. Bola shown a red card. Oluwu was on the score sheet. An eventful match at Southport FC saw six goals, a red card and the points shared as we twice came from a goal down to draw with Everton. The hosts started brightly and almost took the lead inside five minutes when the ball fell to Kyle John on the edge of the box, but his powerful effort flew wide. Joseph Oluwu broke the deadlock inside 20 minutes when he met Matt Smith's corner at the near post and his header was too powerful for former gunner Howe Virginia. The hosts equalised shortly after when Ellis Sims collected the ball from Anthony Evans and poked the ball past Matt Macy. Moments later, Everton took the lead after a slick counter-attack saw Sims race down the pitch before slotting into the bottom corner from close range. On the stroke of half-time, Zek Medley played a diagonal ball into James Oleinka's path. Our forward then controlled well inside the box and finished coolly past Virginia. The Toffees retook the lead with 15 minutes remaining when Lewis Gibson met Evans' free kick at the back post and headed home from close range.
We responded five minutes later when Zach Swanson and Ollie Inker linked up nicely down the wing to set up Smith, who fired home to level. Tolaji Bola was sent off late on for a challenge on Benny Banangimi. Match report, Leeds United. Emirates FA Cup, third round, 8pm, Monday, January the 6th, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal, 1, Leeds, 0. The scorer for Arsenal was Nelson in the 55th minute. Playing for Arsenal was 1, Martinez, 5, Socrates, 23, David Lewis, 31, Kolasinac, 16, Holding, 29, Ganduzi, 34, Shaka, 10, Ozil, substituted in the 77th minute, 19, Pepe, substituted in the 90th minute, 9, Lacazette, 24, Nelson, substituted in the 67th minute. Substitutes, Leno, Ceballos, Mavropanos, Martinelli, who came on in the 67th minute, Willock, who came on in the 77th minute, John Jules, and Sarka, who came on in the 90th minute. Playing for Leeds United, 1. Meslier, 2. Ailing, who was substituted in the 78th minute, 5. White, 28. Berardi, 3. Douglas, 23. Phillips, 22. Harrison, 36. Gott, who was substituted in the 60th minute, 43. Klisch, 10. Alioski, who was substituted in the 61st minute, 9. Bamford, substitutes. Cooper, Stevens, who came on in the 78th minute, Dallas, who came on in the 60th minute, Helder Costa, who came on in the 61st minute, Cassinia, Davis and Casey. Match stats. Total shots, Arsenal 16, Leeds 18. Shots on target, Arsenal 5, Leeds 6. Corners, Arsenal 4, Leeds 4. Offside, Arsenal 1, Leeds 7. Fouls, Arsenal 16, Leeds 15. Possession, Arsenal 41%, Leeds 59%. First half, the championship pace-setters made all the early running and were inches away from taking the lead when Patrick Bamford's shot hit the crossbar. It was one of 15 shots they attempted in the opening half. At times, it was only the excellence of Emiliano Martinez that kept the game scoreless. The Argentine stopper did brilliantly to claw away an effort from Esgion Alioski. Second half, we needed to regroup at half-time, and we did, emerging with a determination that was not so evident in the first half. Suddenly, it was Leeds on the back foot, and after Alexandre Lacazette struck the bar with a free kick, Rhys Nelson got the all-important opener. Nicolas Pepe set Lacazette through on the right and his low cross deflected into Nelson's path. The contact he made with the ball was minimal, but a vital ricochet took it into the net. Socrates, Lacazette and Gabriel Martinelli went close to a second. While Leeds were a shadow of their first-half selves, the opposite was true of us, and a fourth-round trip to Bournemouth is our reward. And the captions to the photographs with this report read, clockwise from top left, Alexandre Lacazette does battle. Socrates rises above the rest to head at goal. Rob Holding looks for a pass. Granit Xhaka is challenged by Matthias Klisch. 
Rhys Nelson with his first FA Cup goal. The forward enjoys the moment. Thirty-five years in the community. How the department is working to raise standards across the various projects. On Friday, January the 10th, Arsenal in the community hosted its second internal training day of the season for the team of casual staff. This follows on from a similar CPD event in September, which more than 30 members of the community workforce, including some of our gap year coaches and volunteers, attended to learn about practice design, how to affect an individual within a team and behaviour management. The event was designed by staff for staff, with the aim of raising standards across our delivery. The CPD event took place at the Arsenal Hub and practical coaching workshops around creative planning and games and play were delivered throughout the day. One of the aims of the community department is to make sessions accessible to all, so there was also a short presentation from our disability football officer on autism and accessibility across the club. Sessions were delivered by FA Regional PE and Coaching in Education Coordinator Mark Carter, FA County Coach Developer for London Kevin Green and Arsenal in the Communities Luke Howard. Arsenal legend Rachel Yankee OBE kicked off the day with an inspirational talk about her own coaching journey and experiences. Rachel, who was herself a student with Arsenal in the community back in the mid-1990s, understands the importance of such events and her attendance added great value to the day. James Warnock, Sports Development Officer for Arsenal in the community, said, Today's event has been about developing staff and raising standards across our various community projects. We listened to feedback from those who attended back in September to help shape this event ensuring that there was something for everyone to take away. This is part of an ongoing process to help further development, challenge and improve current delivery on our community projects. It will also go some way to preparing staff for their future careers. Martin Davis, Education Officer for Arsenal in the Community, added, Having access to such events for our students and young coaches is invaluable. Alongside the workshop delivery, it gives an amazing opportunity to interact with coaches of different ages and experiences. For more information on the work of Arsenal in the community, visit www.arsenal.com forward slash community. Photo of the week. Arsenal in the community's Twitter account, at AFC Community, highlights some of this month's community work. Fresh flowers on the grave of Herbert Chapman at Hendon Churchyard. The legendary Arsenal manager died on this day in 1934. Hashtag, we are the Arsenal. At home with Danny Sabalos. Players tell us about how their family life influenced their football careers. Tell us about your family, then, that you grew up with, please, Danny. 
My family have always supported me, ever since I started playing football when I was very young. They used to take me to training and to matches. I have two sisters, one younger, one older. She's like a second mother to me. We're a very tight-knit family. I think that's vital for any sports person. So what was family home like? We still have the same big house in Spain. It's really cosy and it holds many memories for me. I was very happy there. Do you remember any special holidays with your family? We always used to go to the beach with my family and my grandparents. We have a really big family and the fondest memories I have is the fun on the beach with my sisters and my cousins. We used to go to Cadiz. Did your family ever own any pets? No, we didn't have any pets until about a year and a half ago. We have a little dog now and he brings a lot of happiness to the home. He's called Rayo, which means flash. What kind of music do your parents listen to at home? In Spain, particularly in the south of Spain. We listen to a lot of flamenco. It's still my favourite type of music now. Are there any books or films that remind you of your childhood? One film and book that I enjoyed when I was young was called The Chronicles of Narnia. That film was a big part of my childhood and I bought the book and I really enjoyed it. Other than football, Danny, are there any other sports that the family liked? No, my family have always been very close to football and that is the main sport in the family. Other than sport then, did you or your other families do joint activities? Depending on whether there was a game on on the Saturday, our routine was to enjoy the day and the game and then try and draw it out for as long as possible with a nice meal. That said, generally, we spend a lot of time at home anyway. Did your parents have a particular car that you can remember? Well, we had several cars, but no one car springs to mind. And what was your favourite meal? Well, I love gapacho. It's a dish like soup. It's made from lots of different vegetables. It's something we always had in our house. I was very young and my dad makes a pretty good one. Is there anywhere special you'd like to go out to eat on your birthday? Well, I live in Utria, so there's a lot of restaurants. We didn't have a specific one. My town is mainly tapas restaurants, and that's what I grew up eating. What was your hardest time your family went through during the childhood? Well, I don't think the life of a footballer is easy at all, having to drive your son to football every day uh, for eight years means having to sacrifice a lot of things. I guess it meant a less time for my little sister, and perhaps that was quite hard for her. But we're very close. And I'm just thankful that we're all good. Is there any particular advice that your parents have given you that stayed with you? From a very young age, my family always taught me to be humble. And to be a hard-working person. I think that these are two vital qualities if you're going to make it as a footballer. What are your first memories of your family and football? I remember playing in the park and in the street outside my house. That's the best thing when you're starting to play football and having fun with your friends and your cousins. It's a nice childhood memory for me. Did you ever get told off for playing football when you shouldn't have been? Yes, my grandfather didn't like it. It would get on his nerves. But they were always there for me and I was always able to play football whenever I wanted. What period in your career has been the hardest for your family? Oh, there's been some really tough moments, particularly when I was released by Sevilla. I thought it was going to be hard for me to get a career as a footballer back on track. But I kept working and I held on to my dream. And since then, uh, it's all come to me. I've got wonderful opportunities. And thanks to them, I'm the player that I am today.
What members of the family used to come and watch you play football? My sisters, my parents, my grandparents. All were watching me play. They're the ones that came most often. The whole family, really. Still, my dad never misses a game, and my grandfather comes whenever he can. But we have a really close family, and that makes me really happy. And they come and see you in England? Yes, my sister has already come to see me play, as has my grandfather. My girlfriend has seen me several times too. It makes me really happy. Do you have any family members that don't like football? No, my family is a big football family and they love football. Half the family supports Sevilla, the other half supports Betis. But it's quite normal in Seville. Um, You're either Sevilla or Betis. So what's your house like during derby time? Well, when I was at Betis, they didn't care. All they wanted was for Betis to win so they could celebrate the victory for their son, brother or grandson. Is there any particular match that has been very special for your family? I think as your debut as a professional footballer is the most satisfying, um, just to say that we've done it. Do you think about being football has actually helped your family? Well, I've been able to give them a better life, but I don't think it really matters. We're all still the same people as we was. Match Report, Crystal Palace. Premier League, Match Day 22. 12.30pm, Saturday, January the 11th, Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace 1, Arsenal 1. Having won our two previous games, we were on the front foot again early on against Palace and deservedly took the lead with a superb team goal. Eight players were involved in a flowing move finishing with Alexandra Lacazette threading the ball through to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. The striker took an excellent touch, then slotted the ball home for his 16th goal of the season. We were unable to fully capitalise on our dominance, however, and the hosts slowly started to find a way back into the game as the half drew to a close. Second half. The warning signs had been there, and Palace duly got on level terms early in the second half when the lively Jordan Ayew saw his shot loop over Burned Leno when he was found in the area. Both teams were now going for the winner, but our chances were dealt a blow when Aubameyang saw red after a dangerous-looking tackle on Max Meyer. The referee gave a yellow card at first, but later upgraded to a red after VAR intervention. Nicolas Pepe struck a post late on, but we settled for a point. Club culture. News from Arsenal's official supporters clubs. Winning draw. Arsenal Ghana supporters club member Daniel Antui is an experienced portrait artist who works with pencils, charcoals and graphite and he produced this fantastic drawing of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang recently. This is shown in the hard copy. It was presented to him at London County, and Orba was overwhelmed with the gift. He sent his thanks, and it now has pride of place in the Aubameyang household. Daniel, who has a degree in fine art, was inspired by his love for Arsenal and Ober in particular, We are sure you will agree that the finished drawing is a fine example of his work and a great credit to himself and all the members of Arsenal Ghana. Oz's ambition fulfilled. Arsenal Australia came to our recent game against Chelsea 
and Pemba Michael Newman conveyed just how much it meant to the Aussies to make the trip. A lifelong pilgrimage to the Emirates after all these years finally complete. As much as a win would have obviously been preferred, it was nevertheless an experience that I, alongside many others from Arsenal Australia, will never forget. I also really liked how, despite the stature that our club has, there has been a very active willingness to convey the history of the club around the stadium. Whether this comes in the form of statues encapsulating iconic moments such as the Adams-Everton goal or quotes from the myriad of other legends around the stadium, there was something very personable about this that made me feel proud that the Arsenal has done this to connect with us as the fans. There's also, of course, the sense of excitement that comes with Arteta now at the helm. Again, it was a shame that we came short at the end, though there was, however, a clearer structure in our short-passing interplay in which I hope that this becomes all the more apparent as time goes on. At the same time, this, alongside getting a more comprehensive idea of Arteta's philosophy, will require patience as well as the fans to unite together. The latter point is especially crucial, and it was also great to see this in action during the Chelsea game, where you could get a tangible sense that the fans were galvanising the players. All in all, an experience that I will cherish for the rest of my life, and hopefully the first of many more games. C.O.R.G. My story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund the Toy Project, which gives unwanted toys to children in hospitals, hospices, schools, nurseries and to families in need. Luke, age 9 from Archway, tells us all about it. I was on the bus when I first saw the Toy Project. I was coming home from Camden with my mum and saw it from the window. So we got off and went in. I loved it straight away. There's a shop where you can donate toys and buy used ones instead of buying new. This stops toys from being thrown away and the money they make goes towards more toys, face painters, workshops and events. My mum donates our unwanted toys and buys us more when we see something we like. I've also been to storytelling workshops there, and then I discovered there were Lego workshops. The first time I went to the Lego-based therapy, I started to build the Hogwarts Great Hall from Harry Potter. I loved that lots of little pieces made just one small part of the hall. And then I put those pieces together, and it started to look like a hall. I did it by myself. I go twice a week. There's a workshop and a Lego-based therapy group. The workshop is two hours and the group is an hour. There are lots of children at the workshop, but only four for each therapy session. Sometimes I work with other children to find the right pieces for what we need, and sometimes I work by myself. We can make whatever we want. When we work in a group, we make all kinds of things. The best bit was building the Hogwarts Hall. It was so exciting to see it grow and grow. I used the instructions, and it took me three sessions to build it. That's about six hours. 
I guess there were 1,638 pieces, but really there were 878. That's still quite a lot, isn't it? When I go to Lego therapy, I feel happy and I can relax. My sister has cerebral palsy, so I help my mum look after her. When I'm at the toy project doing Lego, I can just be me. Sometimes mummy comes and stays, and then I have her all to myself. I've made new friends, and I look forward to seeing them every week because we go to different schools. I'm Arsenal's number one fan, and it's great that they help people like this. Mummy couldn't pay for all the great Lego I get to build because she has three children, and I love it there. Not even breaking my arm could stop me. For more info, visit thetoyproject.co.uk and please donate any spare Lego if you have it. The Arsenal Foundation, registered charity number 1145668. Visitors, Sheffield United. Words, Mike Hammond. Sheffield United fact file. Founded, 1889. Nickname, The Blades. Stadium, Bramhill Lane. Owner, His Royal Highness Prince Abdullah bin Mossad bin Abdullah Usayad. Chairman, HH Prince Musadid bin Halad Al-Sayad. Record holder, Joe Shaw, 631. Record goal scorer, Harry Johnson, 201. Instagram followers, 166,000. Twitter followers, 293,500. Sheffield United's first season back in the Premier League since 2006-07 and the fourth in total has so far surpassed all expectations. The newly promoted club from South Yorkshire have rep- Repeatedly punched above their weight. Recent recent wins at West Ham, uh, lifting them to 32 points after 22 games. Four more than Arsenal and putting them sixth in the table with fellow newcomers Norwich and Aston Villa both struggling in the relegation zones. It's an extraordinary feat by Chris Wilder's unsung side. The Blades have uh, been competitive in every Premier League match this term, winning eight, including 1-0 at home to Arsenal in October. Drawing eight and losing only six. Indeed, their only two defeats on the road have come against the top two. Two nil in successive fixtures at the turn of the year at Man City and Liverpool, which ended a stunning sequence of nine away games unbeaten, during which they recorded three wins at Everton, Norwich and Brighton. Given that their first choice 11 is virtually the same as the one that finished second in last season's championship, only the strike force has been significantly added with Ollie Burney from Swansea and Callum Robinson from Preston. All having arrived this summer and that the Premier League experience is sparsely spread throughout the side, it is remarkable that United are practically free of relegation worries already in mid-January. The strength of Wilder's team and their collective spirit of their consistency of their tactics and personal, they also play a very eye-catching brand of football, always shaped in the 3-5-2 formation. Every member of the team knows his job, whilst goal-scoring at this level has not come easy. The Blades have a joint second defensive record for the division, with only 21 goals conceded, level with Leicester and battled only by league leaders Liverpool, 14. 
Only in one game have they conceded more than two goals. The dramatic 3-3 draw at home to Manchester United in late November. The Blades would argue that they have endured more than their fair share of unlucky VAR decisions, although they were grateful to the new technology when West Ham had a late equaliser ruled out for handball. But they have certainly been fortunate in the injury front, with no fewer than five players having started all 22 Premier League matches to date and three others have been absent just once and the defence of the midfield are virtually unaltered from Game 1 to the next. This is the first match between the two sides at Emirates Stadium since 2008. The Gunners recorded a 6-0 League Cup victory against the Blades thanks to a Carlos Vela hat-trick and a Nicholas Bentner brace and a strike from the jubilant Jack Wilshere. Radio Gaga, alongside Arsenal United, were the first team to be featured on the live radio commentary, the Division 1 fixture between the two sides on January the 27th, 1927, was broadcast by the BBC. The match ended 1-0. Sheffield United came close to signing Diego Maradona when he was an Argentinian star, when he was just 17 years old. After the transfer was agreed, the deal fell through. Then the club couldn't match the added transfer fee. His parent club were demanding. The first Premier League goal in history was scored by Sheffield United. Brian Dean scored against Manchester United in 1992. Bramall Lane hosted the first ever football match under floodlights in 1878. As this was before the Blades were formed, two teams selected from the Sheffield completed the match that ended 2-0. The historic stadium, Barrow Lane, is the oldest football stadium in the country and has to be still hosting pro football matches. The ground was initially used to host cricket when it opened in 1855 and it became the home of the Blades in 1889. Billy Sharp is currently enjoying his third spell in the Blades. In January 2019, the striker surpassed Ricky Lambert when scoring his 220th goal in English football, becoming the leading goal scorer during the 21st century. When Saturday comes, actor and Blades fan Sean Bean starred in the 1996 film When Saturday Comes. The film shows Bean as a part-time Hallam FC player who is later signed by United. Scouting report by Michael Cox. It's difficult to think of a recent promoted side who have received the level of acclaim enjoyed by Sheffield United so far this season. That's entirely understandable, given the excellent results Chris Wilder's side have collected since August, although much of the praise comes from their style rather than their impressive league position. During Sheffield United rise through the divisions, Wilder formulated an adventurous and almost unique approach in possession. That involved a wide centre-back in his three-man defence, pushing forward against sides who parked the bus. This was essentially a natural response against teams who sat back, a more of a provided successful and the more it became fundamentally part of Wilder's strategy. 
Clearly, this relies on two centre-backs with very specific qualities. Jack O'Connell has a physical defender, but also boasts a fine left-footed delivery. Whilst Chris Basham, such is his versatility. In the reverse fixture, he started as a right-sided centre-back. He was moved back to right or midfield for a brief period in the second half, but then returned to the defence in the closing stages. John Egan plays between them and generally holds his position. The centre isn't entirely about the overall centre-back back though. That's essentially one part of the overall idea, which is to overload the opposition down the flanks, creating three against two and four against three situations before crossing. An equally important component is central midfielder Oliver Norwood, who pours out the right before whipping in the ball to the box. His midfield colleagues, John Flex and John Lundstrom, can drift wide too. Although both have proved specialists into breaking into the box to score goals. Flexstrom attacks through the middle, Lundstrom when meeting crosses by the far post. These are two players stationed permanently out wide. Chris Basham and Edna Stevens are given the wing-back duties and are generally charged with stretching the play and help to facilitate overloads. They can charge inside when they can see the centre-back moving into their space, although in the reverse fixture they concentrate on helping the Blades play crosses. Perhaps the most interesting individual is David McAldrick, theoretically a second striker, but often found out on the wings or dropping deep to help Sheffield United gain control of midfield. He's yet to score this season, despite consistently finding himself in good positions, but he understands this side tactics better than anyone. His partner should be Lise Motlet, who scored the winner against Arsenal back in October. While Sheffield United have sometimes been patronised this season and praised solely for their work rate and commitment, there's little doubt that Wilder is an intelligent and methodical manager who works relentlessly on building in playing whilst they're training. They may play more direct than usual here and might be more conservative with the position of their centre-back, but this is an excellent side with a very clear identity. Arsenal Women. The latest news and results from the Women's Super League Champions. Chelsea game sold out. We'd love to tell you to make your way up to Boreham Wood FC to cheer on the Gunners tomorrow for their crucial match with Chelsea. But it's sold out. However, you can watch the game on BT Sport. Remember, it's a 2pm kickoff. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A win for the Gunners would put them in a very strong position. Seven points ahead of the Blues with just nine games left in the season. As you can see from the table on the following page, Man City are also very much in the mix too. They play at Birmingham tomorrow with a noon kickoff. Emma's local loan. Emma Mitchell has joined Tottenham Hotspur women on loan until the end of the season. The Scotland international has made 119 appearances for us since joining the club in July 2013. But having not started a game in the WSL or Champions League this season, Emma has gone up the road to give her vast trophy-winning experience to Spurs, who are in their very first WSL season. And it wasn't a bad start for Mitch, who scored a fantastic opening goal as Tottenham beat West Ham 2-1 in her first match. She will not be eligible to play against Arsenal in any competitions or league fixtures. Good luck, Mitch! Tabia retires. Tabia Kemmer has announced her retirement from professional football due to an ongoing knee injury. Tabia joined us from Turbina Potsdam in July 2018. During her time at Turbina Potsdam, she made 145 appearances and won the UEFA Women's Champions League and the Frauen Bundesliga. The 28-year-old has represented Germany since youth level, and made 47 appearances for her country. Tabia was also part of the Germany side that won gold at the 2016 Olympic Games. Despite her injury-blighted stay with the Gunners, Tabia has certainly been a valued teammate and was an important influence behind the scenes throughout our Barclays Women's Super League title-winning season. Everyone at the club wishes Tabia the best in her future endeavours. FA Women's Super League, Sunday, January 5th, Meadow Park, Arsenal 2, Little 9, Nobs 23, Birmingham City 0. We equalled our own Women's Super League record of nine consecutive home league victories by beating Birmingham City 2-0 at Meadow Park. The run stretches back to last season and includes two wins over Man City and an 11-1 thrashing of Bristol City. We started the match brightly and took the lead inside 10 minutes when Viviane Miedemar crossed superbly into the box for Kim Little to head home. Miedemar came close to doubling our advantage when Leah Williamson skipped past a challenge on the halfway line to pick out our striker with a cross-field ball. Miedemar then controlled well and flicked the ball over the defender but saw her chipped effort sail over the bar. But shortly after, our second goal arrived in style. Williamson again played a great ball behind the Blues' back line to find Jordan Nobbs, who looped a first-time strike over Hannah Hampton and into the net. 
With 15 minutes remaining of the first half, Nobbs thought she had doubled her tally when Danielle van der Donk won back possession and squared the ball to our midfielder. Nobbs tucked it away neatly, but the linesman judged her to have been offside. Moments later, Miedemar was inches from scoring when she controlled the ball with her back to goal and spun her marker, but her powerful effort cannoned off the crossbar. Ten minutes after the restart, Miedemar collected the ball midway through Birmingham's half, drove into the box and saw her low effort matched by Hampton, who made a good save down to her right. The visitors came close to pulling a goal back when Pauline Peyro-Magnin was caught on the ball inside our box, but before Lucy Whip could pull the trigger, Williamson made a perfectly timed clearance to avert the danger. In the closing stages, Hampton thwarted Miedemar again after our striker collected the ball in the box, took a touch, but saw her strike held by the Blues goalkeeper. Arsenal. Payroad Magnin, Mayer, Williamson, Schneiderbeck, Macabre, Walty, Little, Nobbs, Van der Donk, Ruud, 87, Miedemar, Evans, Subs not used. Zinsberger, Quinn, Mead, Phyllis, Grant. FA Women's Super League. Sunday, January 12th. The People's Pension Stadium. Brighton and Hove Albion, nil. Arsenal, four. Van der Donk, three. Ruud, 31. Nobbs, 52. Mead, 89. Our perfect start to 2020 continued as we ran out 4-0 winners over Brighton and maintained our three-point lead at the top of the women's Super League table. We were held to a goalless draw the last time we faced the Seagulls on the road, but this time around Joe Montemuro opted for a 3-4-3 formation and treated the travelling fans to an outstanding attacking performance. Leah Williamson, playing on the right side of our back three, was particularly impressive and helped us to open the scoring after just three minutes. The England international launched a cross-field pass over Brighton's defence and into the path of Danielle van der Donk, who charged into the area and applied a delicate, dinked finish at the near post. Williamson then went on to assist our second of the afternoon, again receiving the ball out on the right before finding Jill Roard inside the area. The Netherlands international took one touch and fizzed a stunning half volley into the bottom corner. The hosts shored things up for the remainder of the first half, but they couldn't match our intensity and quality at the start of the second. Van der Donk played an incisive first-time pass into the area and Vivian Miedemar dummied a touch, allowing Jordan Nobbs to race through on goal and coolly finish past Megan Walsh. Substitute Beth Mead made it four late on, pouncing on a defensive error to fire into the top left corner and cap off an exceptional team performance. Arsenal. Payroad Magnin. Mayer. Williamson. Schneiderbeck. Macabre. Walty. Little. Nobbs. Van der Donk. Ruud, 87. Miedemar. Evans. Subs not used. Zinsberger. Quinn. Mead, Phyllis, Grant. From the fans, 
We hear about your heroes, hangouts and heart-stopping moments. Email program at arsenal.co.uk for your My Arsenal questionnaire. Tom Rowlett, aged 34, from North London, is an Arsenal Stadium tour guide. Q and A. Why are you an Arsenal fan? As a young boy, my dad said I had to be a gooner or I would have to find somewhere else to live. Like his dad before him, we are all big fans. First Arsenal game. Home to Norwich in 1991. 0-0. Favourite Arsenal game. My first FA Cup final in 98, when we beat Newcastle at the Old Wembley. Match day routine before kick-off. Giving stadium tours, meeting loads of gooners from around the world. It's a brilliant job. Then I get changed and head over to the Woodbine for a beer or two with my mates. Favourite place to hang out before kick-off? In my seat to welcome on the team. How do you feel when you approach the ground? Sometimes I'm a bag of nerves, sometimes I'm pretty confident, but I love a rendition of Red Army as I walk up the steps to the Ken Fryer Bridge. Gets me proper in the mood. Straight home after the game or out to celebrate or drown your sorrows. Recently I've been heading to the Ark Star on Holloway Road. Furthest you travel to watch Arsenal play. Baku, less said about that the better. Also LA for the pre-season in July. That was a great experience. Favourite away ground? Goodison Park, my first and I still love going for that proper old ground feel. Favourite piece of Arsenal memorabilia? A home programme from 1983 versus West Brom. It has a remembrance section about my grandad. I never met him, but he sounded just as mad about Arsenal as me. Do you collect Arsenal programmes? I have every home programme from 1961 onwards, plus a few older ones, as well as away games and cup finals. Whose name and number do you have on the back of your shirt? Back in the day I had O2B Aguna a few times and Magnifique 14, but when I was really young it was always Merson 10. Favourite ever Arsenal shirt? 93-94 home shirt. All-time favourite player and why? Thierry Henry, a joy to watch him live every week and knew I was watching the best footballer in the world. Do you have an Arsenal cult hero? Charlie George, and I get to work with him regularly, which is amazing. Best goal you've seen live, when Thierry ran from our box to score against that lot up the road. Best debut performance you've seen, Vieira's against Chef Wednesday. I knew I was seeing something special. Have you ever met any players? Loads, but my favourite was meeting Hector Bellerin at the Fox and Hound pub in Los Angeles when he surprised the Arsenal LA supporters group. Which current player would you most like to go for dinner with, and why? Kieran Tierney, I know a pub that does haggis sandwiches. You can erase one Arsenal moment from history. Champions League final in 2006. You can be present at any Arsenal match in history. Anfield, 89. I've got a mate, Dean, who got taken out of school to go, and he never shuts up about it. 
if you could watch Arsenal play any club side in history. The Invincible Spank Man U's treble team. The 19th from 20 kits on sale in store and online. This is Home N5. Feedback powered by Bet Construct. Make the game, make history. 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. BeGambleAware.org EA Sports. FIFA 20. Pre-order now. Available 27th of the 9th, 19. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 